You are listening to a CJTR podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host and giant animated foot, Sonia Stanger. <laughs> Last week, we lost a comedy icon. Terry Jones, best known for his work with the uh, legendary British comedy group Monty Python, was also a beloved children's author and acclaimed historian. He co-directed Monty Python's The Holy Grail and was the sole director of The Life of Brian and The Meaning of Life. On January 21st of this year, he succumbed to frontotemporal dementia at the age of 77. Jones was a key impetus for Monty Python's surreal, groundbreaking structure, and he had a brilliant comedic mind. In his honor today, we're discussing the work of Monty Python. And even though his loss is tragic, we're going to make it funny. Yeah. With me to discuss this class-conscious, unerringly silly foundation of any self-respecting comedy nerd's repertoire is my co-host, the Minister for Silly Walks himself, Sean Denham. Hello. Sadly, Jeremy has been turned into a newt, but we've been assured he'll get better soon. <laughs> I was considering how bottom of the barrels is to say that Terry Jones is just sleeping, or like just napping, Yeah. as of the parrot <laughs> yeah. skit that I watched today. He's pining for the fjords. Now, the show is called Spoiler Alert, so as always, spoiler alerts are in full effect. So look out for spoilers like this one. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. So, fellow members of the Judean People's Front, tell me, what have the Romans ever done for us? Just kidding. What is your history slash relationship with Monty Python, Sean? Oh my goodness, you came out... References a blazing I I honey. Had to. I know. This is what I come to expect. Um, actually, do you know what? First of all, I would like to maybe issue a small statement, oh, if you do. don't mind. Um, so this, we had a a complaint around the these pirates. Oh, and I would figure that we should address it head on. Yes, I I agree. Full transparency. Transparency direct. is um important. So mm-hmm. we got um a call from friend of the show and former guest of the show, Annalise Cooper. And she said, I have to register a complaint with spoiler alert for doing news movies so dirty. <gasps> and that was last week's uh, theme, as you may remember. And she said, um, no, all the president's men, no spotlight, no, the post, no Christine, just Anchorman. And she was she, very disappointed. She in read us. us for filth. She did. Like and we deserve it to be read black, white, and red all over. <laughs> but um, as I, I, f- we, I feel like we were thinking more of um, a morning show, an evening show, a news show mentality for that yes. show. But those films are very important, and we should definitely do a whole journalism episode coming up. Of, T- as of yet, TBD date. Yeah. But just so Miss Cooper and all others that share her sentiment, I don't want you to worry. And please give us back our good ratings. We salute you. And we salute you, and please keep us in check. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway. We now resume our regular programming. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Monty Python. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to tell you that I actually am not... My family was not really a a Monty family. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, we had other... The the VHS floating around our places, we had a bunch of Mr. Beans. Mm. We had had other sort of absurdist comedies, Mm -hmm. absurdist British comedies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We didn't really have, like, I have seen all three of the films, mm-hmm. two of them a long time ago and Holy Grail on Monday that I watch. Um, and then I front loaded a ton of skits, skits and sketches today. Great. A few of which I was familiar with, mm. like obviously, uh, funny walks, mm-hmm. silly walks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it, it wasn't a huge thing in my life. Okay, so I was telling you this in the car on the way over, a little behind the scenes there yeah. for our listeners. Um, but I have a theory about this. And my theory is that if you are exposed to Monty Python in all its glory at, at, a, at a young age, at a formative age when your brain is still nice and spongy, mm-hmm. it will stay with you forever. And 
you will think the movies are funny forever. You will think the sketches are funny forever. And it's like important to you. Yes. Usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. If not, I think a lot of people who don't have that connection to it feel like what, why is this a thing? Why do people care about this so much? Yeah, I will tell you um, as full a disclosure. So I watched um, The Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was honestly a little underwhelmed uh-huh. like it was like it was fine it was low budge yeah. um and a, some of the best parts were when it seemed like just a, a few sketches that could have been standalone sketches yeah as opposed to jammed into this sort of narrative um and also just like non-secular humor like that is just kind of i don't know not for me it's not your bag it's not really my bag yeah um, but things that I thought was very funny. Yeah, tell me. I'm desperate to know. This part when, uh, the one character is going, he, he gets taken in by a bunch of like, uh, like a bunch of nuns or something and they all are medical workers yeah. and they all have ridiculous names. That are all euphemisms for vagina. Are they? Yes. But like British ones that we don't know. Oh. I probably saw the movie 400 times before I knew that. And then my parents were like, yeah, that means... Vagina. Oh, because yeah, there's one's named Zoot. Yeah. And then when, my favorite line of the entire film is when she's like, Dr. Piglet, Dr. Winston, get over here. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, Dr. Piglet is one of the best. It's very funny. It's so, so funny. And she's just like, oh, we have a room full of 16 to 19 and a half year olds all, all waiting to do anything for you. Uh, anyway, so that part. Hilarious. And also the Black Knight scene. This part I I did know before yeah. going in. And it, it still holds up, even though it's pretty dark. It is, but in a very absurd and so therefore funny way. Yes, exactly. That's interesting. So like coconuts, you don't care. I already, I knew coconuts and I know of Foley already. <laughs> well, and so maybe that's just it. Like, if you don't, again, if you don't see it at a time when it blows your mind. Maybe it's when, maybe it's that it doesn't seem as original because I've seen it a billion times. Yeah. But that it is actually like the origin of a lot of those jokes. Yeah. So maybe that's unfair of me. What but about? I will say I was. What about the constitutional peasants? Oh, they were funny. They that's were maybe my favorite part of that movie. I think something that I have, I really like about. Uh, about Monty Python is that they're so, uh, I love their take on like bureaucracy and yeah. like, and how everyone <laughs> is, is just has such a strong stake and yeah. such knowledge of like even these people literally piling poop in a pile. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So basically that scene is, so the whole thing is basically Sir, uh, Sir King Arthur and his knights um, on a journey to find the Holy Grail. Right. And at one point they're going up to a castle and they meet these two peasants in a field and basically <laughs> he announces himself as King of the Britons and then a woman played by Terry Jones who always did very funny female characters yeah. with a very high pitch voice. King? King of the who? King of the Britons. Who are the Britons? And then they're like, you're the Britons. And then basically... Um, Eric Idol, no, Michael Palin, as a very disgruntled uh, <laughs> peasant, like, schools him on government structure. So good. Yeah. And some of the, like, funniest lines of all time, including, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. <laughs> Supreme executive power des- derives from a mandate from the mass is not some farcical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> Like, my dad and I will literally quote that to each other on the regular. Um, So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I also didn't answer my own question, which Mm -hmm. is, as is probably, has become clear already, uh, Monty Python is near and dear to my heart and is, like, foundational to my sense of comedy. Um, I also want to say that um, when former guest of the show, Allie King, and I were watching, she Mm -hmm. said, you're saying it wrong. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, it's Monty Python. And she's like, and Canadians say that wrong every time. Well, and yeah. I was rattled and shook, but it's hard Sorry to Sorry we don't have elegant accents, Allie. Yes, if, yes, exactly. And I we should all we be apologizing. I don't think we could say Python. 
I've been trying and it's tough. Monty Python. Monty Python. I guess we can. I we can, but, but it, it feels, it feels it, like I'm leaving out a few letters. Well, yeah, and also it I, it feels snobbish to me. Yes, but we have to embrace that we're better than others. Well, there you are. <laughs> and now, listeners, you're better than others as well. And that is just it. Um, okay, which of which, if any, of their movies do you like best? Um, and I will also include now for something completely different on that list, but you maybe haven't seen that one. Right. It's their first, and it's just sketches. Right. Which, that's kind of how what Life of Brian is, right? Also, I guess it's no, like a little more. No, it has more, more of a through line. Wait, Life of Brian. You're thinking of Meaning of Life. That's yes, that is that one is mostly sketches. Okay, yes, that one. I um, is that the one where death yeah. comes? Okay, yeah. I really like that sketch. Also, yeah, uh, where they're like the salmon moose was poisoned. It was so good. Um, I think I like that one. Yeah, that's the the baby. Yeah, the, the, the quivery baby. And then like the scene. With the really prim, um, like, teacher, and schoolmaster. And the disgusting barfing man. No. In, oh. That's not the part I was thinking of. I was thinking of the sex education sketch, where it's, like, all these very bored, like, fancy, what would be called in Britain, public school boys, but, like, mm. we would think of it as private school. And then he's, like, very strict and, like, going over all the rules and stuff with them. And then he goes into a sex education class, and then his wife comes in. And he, like, has sex with her <laughs> in front of them. But they're all acting like, you know, normal students in a, like, normal classroom and, like, being bored. And at one point, he's like, what is that? And then one of the students is like, an ocarina. <laughs> he's like, bring it here while he's, like, having sex with his wife. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, I guess I didn't think ahead to how not good radio it is to just listen to, describe. to describe sketches. <laughs> But truly, it, that encapsulates just like the the uh, that take like it's a very I think it's a very specific and accurate portrayal of like the bureaucracy of the British school system. Yeah, and then it just like twists it in this insane way, and I love it. But yes. yeah, that one might be my favorite. As they well. do, yeah, they're so excellent with just turning, just turning on its head what appropriate style and content yeah. of of things of sketches in general and, or television and also in the like 70s yeah exactly like in a way that i think it's easy to underestimate now how subversive that was like because also like honestly not really inappropriate like i like some stuff i guess yeah probably people would be aghast at but a lot of it is just kind of like subverting what you think is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And not in an inappropriate way. Well, and also, like, just completely dispensing with the idea that anything is inappropriate, kind of. Yeah. That, like, you know, like the human body, in this way that I feel like in 1970s Britain, like, they would show boobs in their movies. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, pretty subversive. And even, like, the political ideologies and, like, the commentary on class that kind of runs throughout... Um, yeah, it it was pretty revolutionary, I think, and also just like the f the form of their movies, um, in the way that it would be sketches woven together that did have some relationship to each other, but there wouldn't necessarily be a punchline in between. Right. Um, I think that was pretty groundbreaking. And uh, like, kind of, f it's freeing too for a yeah. writer and from a writer standpoint, where you don't have to ha hit it with a button because honestly, sometimes that's underwhelming. Like if you if the sketch is yeah. the joke, um, then you don't need to like tip it off with a little cherry. Exactly. Um, and you can just do this bizarre stream of consciousness <laughs> movement, um, and just have them all be be related, but in no way be related. Also, yeah, just have two people slapping each other with fish. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from Meaning of Life. Um, it's also or... the opening scene of Spamalot, oh, which yeah. is like. <laughs> Uh, it's very funny. I have not seen, actually. Or you haven't? You no, love. I, mean, I know. I feel like it's one of those things where I'm like, how have I not? Yeah. Um, I haven't. Written by Eric Idle. Oh, love him. Okay, speaking of which, do you have a favorite member of the Pythons? Hmm. Um, well, I do really like Eric Idle. Mm -hmm. I think his humor and also his mixture of, like, 
the musicality, his musicality approach to some to humor is also very good. I love because um, he wrote spam a lot. Yeah. Um, he also went number three on the UK singles chart uh, with "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life." Yeah, I love. I'm obsessed with that. Um, also, friend of the show, Crystal Lewis performed that song like as an air band when she was a very young child. That honestly makes so much sense like, to me. In like a little tux and tails and a little like walking stick. Yeah. And I would see, Crystal in the same way as me, I'm like, I can totally see how that oh, how Crystal's Monty from formative. A Monty yeah. Monty family. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So Eric. I would have killed to see it. Yeah, Eric's good and also um John Cleese is very, very skilled. Iconic. And I know that like a lot of people don't like him. Even some, even the his the people in Monty Python are like he's not very fun to like. Oh, there's no way to get along with, but he's really good, mm-hmm. and I kind of appreciate that. Well, yeah, he has this famous quote that like you can't you can be happy or funny, but not both. I think is what he said, or like the ha- like the funniest people are never happy, right? And for him, he just obviously channels so much rage, but like. I don't think there's anyone who can do uptight and furious better than John Cleese. Yeah, on like this world. the um, the cheese shop sketch, <laughs> where he just is like angrily naming off cheeses if they have them and they don't have any, and he's like, "You are a cheese shop, right?" Um, <sighs> yeah, he just he does a very yeah an angry but like kind of uptight and like trying to keep it together yeah, type like of person. Unhinged. Yeah, <laughs> but also a little unhinged. Have you ever watched Faulty Towers? I actually haven't. I think you would like it, but maybe, I don't know. Like, do I only think that because I'm a Monty Python fan? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, play, like, his character in that, basically, he and his wife run a bed and breakfast, or like a small inn, and he is just uptight and furious. Yeah. Basically the whole time, but it's Is that brilliant. the Fast and the Furious 8th Yeah, film? uptight and, <laughs> and furious. Um, I can't pick a favorite. So it was honestly rude of me to even ask this question, because my answer is Who basically you're... all of them except Terry Gilliam, oh. <laughs> which is so rude. But I like his animations, but we'll talk about that. Wow. Um, I think it's just because he's not as present, so I like. Yeah, know, like some he's of not them in the sketches as much because they're all writers. Yes, and then but none of, I feel like I was kind of reading about it where none of them really felt like performing, so they all kind of like. Nobody was fighting to be exactly the person to perform, so that's they kind of are just like, well, I'll do it. Yeah, um, which I think is really fascinating because they all are very skilled performers, or like deliver. Yeah, exactly. V- deliver in amazing ways. So like Graham Chapman, I think was maybe the best actor of all of them. Yeah, and he sadly was the first of them to die. He died, I think, in the late eighties. Um, he had a very sad and complicated life. He was closeted. Um, and, but so I like, I feel like I have a deep, like, heartfelt affinity for him. And he was a bit of a boozer. Was yeah. that true? Oh, yeah. A lot mm. of addiction issues and, like, mental health issues. And, you know, uh-huh. was a closeted gay man in 19th century Britain. So, like, Poor not Graham. 19th century, 20th century. <laughs> How old is he? Um, and then, um, Michael Palin was one of my first crushes which is so funny and so weird that's like that's like a girl from my grades jane jane simmons was her very first okay crush. that's way worse don't these even. are weirdo crushes i, I just, know it's weird i, I know it's weird but when it. he was younger he was quite handsome and then eric well, Idle for his singing and like the music yeah the musicality of it all um and he maybe is the silliest he's pretty know. silly and then john cleese for the above mentioned reasons and then um, Terry Jones, I think he did like he he did the best women, I think, although like the most offensive and shrill, but I get what they're doing. <laughs> um and then also like um uptight upper class man in a bowler hat, he also did that the best, I think. Mm. Um and then Terry Gilliam did great animations. <laughs> <laughs> and is like a pretty good director. Um interestingly, he's also the only American of them. That is really funny actually. Yeah. Um, that because they met, where did they meet each other? Like well, in so New York or something, right? Two of them went to Oxford, and then the other three went to Cambridge, and I forget who's who. I think Michael Palin and Eric Idle maybe went to Oxford. 
Um, and then they met. He met them in in New York, I think. I really should have researched this before. That's okay, but it is kind of random that. I, no, it's just American. like a beautiful meeting. It feels like yeah. such an interesting story. And I feel like he he and his animations are quite an integral part of the whole thing. Yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, I was a little bit reading how they had decided on sort of a, a look of the show yeah. and how they, because they also agree, like they all decided that a, a punchline of a sketch is is not very it's like not the way that they like to go anyway yeah. so they're trying to figure out how to sort of keep it moving and s- then somebody a-, a different sketch show sort of invented this thing of like the person just walking off out of the sketch or being like oh i can't believe i wrote this and like leaving and that's kind of what they wanted to do and they were like oh no so then but then they realized that this sort of the sketches blending away from each other would actually work um, better for them, and so it's kind of, you know, a, ha- a happy accident. Yeah, it's one of those things of like artists working together and like blending their particular skills. Yeah, in this way that like makes magic. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, Squash. In our last five minutes before the break. Yes. What are some of your favorite sketches? Because I know the listeners want to hear us do some more rec- recitation. <laughs> okay, you play this person. I'll play this okay. person. No, just kidding. Um, well, I had looked up a fear. Do you want me to say one of them? Yeah, you first? go. Because I, I watched all of the ones that you were talking about. Okay, so like maybe my favorite um, is the working class playwright sketch. Oh, yes. That one which is, is very good. Eric Idle, as a young man, comes home to his like Yorkshire father, played by Graham Chapman. Um, and it's this total subversion of like what you would expect where he's wearing a suit and his Yorkshire father like confronts him for his suit. And then he like starts to badger him about his work in the coal mines because the father is a playwright, but he doesn't respect Eric Idle's work as a coal miner in this like opposite world of what it would be in like working class Northern town. And obviously it doesn't sound funny when you describe it that way. But that moment of turn when he when you find out that the dad's a playwright right. is brilliant. Um I actually I also watched they did this they do this kind of a lot and they did it in a stage uh version of it. Mm. But it's like also Yorkshire upper crestmen and they're all talking they're like reliving the old days. They're like a I used to be ha- much happier back then. And then they each kind of keep one-upping each other as to how bad they had it. And they're just like, well, my father would come home late and kill me. And then, like, <laughs> we all had to sit in, like, a, a hole in the floor. Anyway, obviously, they're hilarious. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's it feels like a similar sketch, but, like, just developed in different ways. Or, like, yeah. they just kept writing. Um, Another one... Oh my God, Hell's Grannies! Yes, it's the maybe the best one. <laughs> Hell's Grannies one is one too. of my favorites. Where basically a town is <laughs> a town has come across a a bunch of old women a that bully ladies. all of the townspeople. And like, there's this one shot in particular where they're all walking down the street as a gang, and they're all like mean mugging and swinging their purses. Like around. all these young men, they're just like bad, like. Hitting them with their shoulders and like tripping, like tripping tripping people. (laughs) Yeah. And then also at the very end of that sketch, they're like, another problem the town is facing are the baby snatchers. And you're like, oh, people snatching babies. And then a bunch of grown adults dressed as babies run in and grab this man. Like steal a man. (laughs) And it's just, it's just those things where you're like, well, Well, that's not what I expected to happen. That's humor, Sean. Did you know? That is very, that is, that's how humor works. That kind of is humor. Yeah, that's a a really good one. In a nutshell. Um, there's also, um, uh, upper class twit of the year, another real class conscious oh, one, which I think I... is from Meaning of Life. Mm. I watched this one and I felt a tad uncomfy. <laughs> oh, because well, it's a little homophobic. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see a, a deeper, deeper? No, thing I was like? just trying to think of what it was. Of what, what would get to me? No, I just like the. They were just like the sketch is basically like the dumbest people oh yeah competing to like 
who can finish like these simple tasks easy. Yeah. And they were all doing like like a teeth and a ish, you know, a teeth movement. There's well, some so weird I stuff. I think the joke is that the upper classes are deeply inbred and useless. Right. And so I view that as punching up, but I could see how in our modern context, there's some ableism happening there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Wasn't like um, completely put off by it, but I was. Well, it's jarring for sure because it's mean. And then the very very end is just like, and the last challenge is who can shoot themselves? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) They're all like shooting each other. But then if you think about like 70s Britain and like just how severe of a problem the the classism was, I think it makes more sense in that context. But it is just so dumb and so silly. Um, (laughs) But it also makes me laugh a lot because I'm a bad person. Yeah. Um, Okay, well. That is it for that takes us to the bottom of the hour. So it is now time to hear a word from our sponsors before coming back for more Monty Python here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Now go away or I will taunt you a second time. <laughs> Welcome back to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Sean and I are going to get back to talking Monty Python in just a second here. Darn it, I said it wrong again. <laughs> I can't do it. Allie's um, so mad. Sorry, Allie. Uh, but first, Sean, um, do you know what time it is? I unfortunately don't know what time it is. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that. <laughs> you seemed like you were under great stress. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, but it's game time. Wah, 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 wah. Do, 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 do. Is that the theme song? Yeah. Oh. But like, it's, there's not a lot of variation in notes. No. So it kind of just sounded like I was going to, to do. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, the game is where Jeremy spends all week looking for a movie that Sean and I have not seen. He tells us the title, we tell him what we think it's about, and then he tells us what it's really about. Except. Now, because Jeremy's not here, Wikipedia is going to tell us what it's really about, and I'm going to tell us the title. <laughs> okay? okay. <laughs> you tell us the title. <laughs> so the title of this week's game is The Crimson Permanent Assurance. The Crimson Permanent Assurance. What do you think this is about, Sean? So, I believe that this is about um, a, an inventor, mm-hmm. a lady inventor, who hates the idea of tampons. They are um, they're wasteful. They take a lot of time. True. Um, and so she invents um, a tampon that you can keep in. 24-7, all year round. God. And she calls it the Crimson Permanent Insurance. And she's not worried about toxic shock at all? She's phased out toxic shock. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a serious medical advance. She's a really, she's really good. <laughs> I really, I like Obviously, she's a scientist, Sonia. She would have thought Duh. of these things. Right. Um, and um, it's played by uh, Terry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> She's a very pitchy Very pitchy, <laughs> shrieky scientist. Crimson permanent assurance. Um, great. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think that, was, okay, that suffices. Um, I think this is a British sketch comedy film from the 70s. And I think it is based around... <laughs> I didn't think about this at all before we started. Um, I think it's based around the first sketch is a bunch of um, adults pretending to be children, like playing children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Acting. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> playing, playing someone else. And they do, they're doing like a blood brother ceremony. Ooh. And they're, it's like from this like ancient book they have, and it's called The Crimson Permanent Assurance. That is unhealthy. Yeah, it's not actually good. But, you know. No blood play, people. No. <laughs> Please. Unless you have a safe word. <laughs> Unless you have screamed. the permanent assurance of a safe yeah. word. Um, and and um, that's what it is. That's not what it is. <laughs> that's how you guessed it? <laughs> The Crimson Permanent Assurance is a 1983 swashbuckling comedy short film that plays at the beginning of the feature-length motion picture Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Oh. You know, the part where they're... Because I think assurance is insurance. 
in Britain. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. So there's like that part at the beginning where they're at the insurance firm, and then they all become pirates, and then the, the building drives around. Mm. Honestly, you know what don't I'm remember about. this part. No. Okay, well. But it's pretty funny. I believe you. <laughs> As always, the game is brought to us by the biggest theater in town, the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center. Oh, God bless. Big. So big. I wonder how many um, catapults. They were just. Screen would be. I we should be pulling up what they're playing each week. Spirit I know that bear. there is the, the spirit bear. There's a a dog also. Oh, also now spirit I'm of listening. spirit of dogs. What is this? Um, IMAX superpowered dogs. <gasps> I'm listening. I'm I'm gonna tell you. Oh, there's nothing listed about it, but it is from the United Kingdom. And it is 45 minutes long, and presumably it's... Oh, oh, okay, here we go. Journey around the globe to meet remarkable dogs who save lives and discover the powerful bond they have with their human partners. Wow. I want to see that. Featuring Chris Evans. They have to have a hot, famous guy to He must play the dogs. (laughs) He's probably He must play Halo, the rookie puppy. (gasps) Just kidding. I want to go to that. Okay, well, see you there. It's rated... It has nine stars. Wow, People of, love superpower dogs. Or out of five. Out of a hundred. <laughs> Just kidding. Nine percent. Out of ten. All right. Well, everyone go see films on that big, big screen. Yeah, and it's prepare big. yourself. Sit near the back and, unless you become overwhelmed. Yeah. Close your eyes or put your head between your legs. Yes. I used to have to do that as a kid sometimes, actually. Um, yeah, I got my... My mom was just telling me how I got the tubes in my ears, like, replaced or something. So my okay. my dizziness was whack. And then I went to some sort of large film and fell out of my chair. And it sounded really pathetic of me. <laughs> so if you want to think of a, a poor okay. child. It makes me sad, but also laugh. It's okay. I really... I really came back <laughs> swinging. It's a confusing feeling. It is. Um, okay, are there any more favorite sketches we need to talk about? Um, I liked Lumberjack, the Lumberjack song. Yeah. Um, Does it hold up? I, well, maybe not. A lot of, I think what I, the parts, I don't know. If I was to make up a sketch of uh, just like joking about a sketch, it'd be like, this thing is this. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) Five minutes later, that's what's... (laughs) And, like, it is great, but it's just, like, I I lost a bit of interest a few times today, maybe watching all of them back to back. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, some of the ones that are on the, like, best of lists are quite similar, I guess. Are very of this vein. Yeah. Because that, but okay, yeah. Something I noticed today. That's when I was why looking at Hell's it. Grannies really jumped out at me yeah, because it was a, it was a major deviation. departure from like, yeah, from what I had just seen. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh just thinking <laughs> about it. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, oh, I was I was noticing this today because I also watched a few. I, I refreshed myself on a few sketches today. There's there's a fair bit of gay panic jokes, um, or just like. Someone saying they like want to be a woman, and then that and everyone that else fun being joke. like, ah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess it's of its time. It's funny, like I got weirdly kids in the hall vibes. Oh yeah, from like just from like their portrayal of women and like how there was like, um, you know, one of the queer actors. I don't know how he, de- like, I don't know what their yeah. interactions were within the group, but like, um, oh, I forget what the the comedian's name from Kids in the Hall is, but he was like... Scott Thompson. Scott Thompson, like, did not do great in Kids yeah. in the Hall. Like, people yeah. were... It was not all fun and games being in that group. If I recall correctly, I think Graham Chapman was out to them. Yeah. But I could be wrong. So, anyway, I just, like, kind of got... Weird deja vu. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. I have, ha- like long reckoned with the woman stuff with Monty Python and at the end of the day I think I fall on the side of like well they sort of do these broad caricatures of everyone Yeah. so you know that doesn't mean that it's better that they're all men and it's only like men's perspective it is funny though that like so we were talking about the elusive Carol. seventh Monty Python member I had her name? Carol, Carol some- something and she I feel like she pops in when they want 
a woman to appear attractive. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You know, yeah. like she doesn't there. She does have some good like moments to like sink her teeth into. But mostly she's just like, um, we can't we can't perform a beautiful woman. So we have to yeah. get someone else. Terry, to. this one's not going to work for you. <laughs> Terry, you're out. Um, her name is Carol Cleveland. Carol Cleveland. And she's very funny, I will say. She's funny. Um... So yeah. Um, also, I, um, the, the gay panic just reminded me of this. In 1976, it was Monty Python was the top-rated show in Japan, and the translation was literally the Gay Dragon Boys show. <laughs> <laughs> not inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not accurate, but not, not inaccurate, inaccurate. But not completely inaccurate. That's funny. Um, okay, what do you think it is? Well, see. I phrase this question in a way that makes it seem that everyone agrees with me. As do do you think Monty Python is special? And if so, what do you think it is that makes them special? Makes it special? Their comedy. We've talked about a bit of it already. We have. I think as much as I was seemingly underwhelmed mm-hmm. earlier in the show, I do think it is special. Mm-hmm. It had just a unique fusion of outlooks and uh, and humors that really wove together to create a real comedy movement. Um, and it had like a huge following. It was like, it was like a Beatlemania situation. Yeah. But it was Pythons. Pythons. It wasn't Beatles, it was Pythons. <laughs> yeah, much more powerful. Yeah, I think for me, it's like everything we've already said. And then, yeah, just the way that they're completely willing to mock mercilessly mock any anyone who like takes themselves too seriously or any like i like basically the the concept of ideologues so like anyone who who is so rigid in their beliefs yeah they will take the take the, take pee. the pee right out take of it take the pee right out of it um and like yeah they're just they so accurately like lampoon the frustration of bureaucracy and like the silliest parts of society like some of their films um used to be banned in ireland because of their like jokes about religion oh dang yeah like i mean in the meaning of life there's that whole song every sperm is sacred (laughs) yes hilarious (laughs) it's very funny but yeah the um as an irish person sometimes we don't take jokes very well Well, no and it's pretty anti-catholic that song in, in a way so like kind of rude to Catholics, but also rude to Protestants is a thing because the whole thing is like about how you know you can't use birth control. Right, about Catholic at that point. I mean, maybe still now. I don't. I don't know. Hard to say. I don't know. Any um, Catholics, right in. And it's like the two Protestant neighbors talking about it, and then she's like, "Well, basically, they have saying like they have as many kids as the amount of times they've had sex," and he goes like. Well, we have two kids, and so so do we. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, uh, Monty Python, Python, Python. We care um, about you a lot. They, yeah, they. I like they do play with conventions in such a great way. One of them kind of got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where at the beginning of Holy Grail, they have they show the credits, the opening credits oh, yeah. in like Danish. <laughs> Or Norwegian or something. I think it's Norwegian. And Allie and I were like, oh, we were using somebody else's um, viewing system because uh-huh. she's house sitting. And so we were like, oh, like fumbling around trying to oh figure gosh, out. Oh my that's so funny. We got got so hard because we're fumbling around trying to find a way. We're like, the subtitles aren't even on. What's happening? <laughs> and then we were like, because and then one of us started paying attention to what they were saying. And we're like, and we're like, idiots. My brother got bit by a moose once. <laughs> yeah. But just imagine, like, imagine it's like 1973 or whatever. You go to the movies. You're like, oh, I'm going to see this comedy film, and then that's what starts happening? True. I feel like it would be easier to deal with then because you're like, oh, well, I can't change anything. Yeah, Whereas oh, yeah. we were but like, I feel oh, like it would, must we, have just, have, like, blown we made a problem. That's really funny. Yeah, so they're still, they're still getting people in this day and age. I do think, because the first time I saw it, that's the first one I ever saw, and I think I was like 10 or 11, and I do remember being like, what? 
are we watching? What is this? This is so dumb. And my parents both like killing themselves laughing. And I'm just like, like, this is not a joke. What? What? What is this? And now I see that and I laugh. Yeah. Because it's just been drilled into my brain. <laughs> um, we sort of talked about it, but what? How do you feel about Terry Gilliam's animations? Like those little interstitials. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're amazing. Yeah. Do not. No, I do. I sometimes I want to skip over them. But just well, they don't so last that me. long. I know. Um, wow, you! I did not know you were such a. <laughs> it's a, rude because down, I like down on Gilliam. I think he's like a brilliant artist. Except that you ranked him last, and you said <laughs> I that, know, I know. and you said you don't like his. Uh, because his it is, it's like a key part of the whole thing, and I do appreciate it. But sometimes I get bored with them. Yeah. But they're very creative. Like, it's one of those things where you're like, how did you come up with this? Which I guess is just like art in general. How does one think of such things? But they're so silly. I like, I like all the, I like when it's like poop jokes or fart jokes. I feel like a lot of them are that. Or like ladies like flashing their bums at you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's very base. That is quite base. But then it gets weird. But, you know, if you put base in the right in the right context it becomes it elevates itself okay is there anything else we need to say about the pythons before we move on to what mm, you watching i think i think we can stomp our little foot on this subject great well our huge foot that's it <laughs> we did it okay um so now we're gonna go into a little segment we like to call what you watching what where you we talk watching? about what we're watching so sean what you been watching well, so I went to Saskatoon this weekend mm-hmm. um, to see uh, the SSO do um, the soundtrack to The Little Mermaid. Amazing. Um, so I watched The Little Mermaid and listened to the orchestra perform it, and it was amazing. So good. It was really amazing, actually. Um, and then I went back to my hotel room and turned on the television, and Battle Royale had just started. Oh! Have I've ever still seen haven't it? seen it. So it's from the 2000s. It's a Japanese film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about... Um, it's about a dystopia where children are running amok and, like, kind of destroying the country and people are scared of them. Yeah. And so they, the government initiates this rule where, at random, a grade 9 class is uh, picked to... They're shipped to an island and they're given a weapon and just... To compete until one person remains. Isn't so, it kind of the ba- like? Didn't people say the Hunger Games was kind of a ripoff of it? Oh yeah, it's a hundred percent. Hunger Games completely took it, took the idea, um, and honestly didn't do it as well. Wow! And like, it's a film that Quentin Tarantino says is one of his favorite films, okay. and you can totally see the references. Like in Kill Bill, there's like a. There's like a schoolgirl mm. sort of assassin that mm-hmm. is Lucy Liu's sidekick, and she is very much based, like, completely based off of a character from that. Um, and just the, um, and it's so gory and ultra violent, but also just like amazing, has amazing sequences and scenes, and just like butt, blood is exploding from chests all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Um, but like some of the and some of the characters are have like such heart though like one of them were given his weapon was like a pot lid but he is the main character and he still survives with his like sort of humanity and uh being kind to people and it kind of gets him through um but what else was i going to say about it um oh and there's a very one of my favorite scenes is this very intense poison standoff where there's a group of a group of girls have like banded together uh, and survived and like made a little group and then one of them tries to poison the prisoner but accidentally poisons one of them <gasps> and so then they all like tensions rise so high and it escalates so hard until all of them basically kill each other when they could easily have. Like they were, their plan was to basically get off the island, like find a way out yeah. of the, out of the trap, and they almost did it. Except that this like insane paranoia got to them, and it was it's like a really amazing scene, 
And just like all these like fourteen year old girls like negotiating and like you know, it's intense. It's really intense. But you should definitely watch it. Okay, I will. It's been on my list for ages, so hopefully I will, but Yeah. I I believe you should. And you can. (laughs) Maybe I will. What have you been watching this week? Well, uh I finally saw cats. Oh yes. As you know because I texted you. (laughs) Um and what did I? On the road trip to Saskatoon, uh, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, <laughs> played over ten times. It's a real banger of a song. <laughs> it's so wild and so weird. Um, okay, I could not. It it could have been the greatest film ever made, and I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it because of that animation. The animation did no favors. You're right. It, I, I just, I can't. Like, I know everyone knows this is, is not a hot take, but there's something about actually sitting <laughs> through two hours of it. That really works its way. It works you. its way into your brain. And the thing, I was saying this to you in the car on the way over, I cannot get over the scale of the thing. The scale is tricks. The cats, well, first of all, it's not consistent. So sometimes no. they seem bigger than other times. But you get these moments of perspective where you see the cats in the world and they're so small. They're, yeah. Comically small. So, yeah, the railway really the sticks railway. out to me when they're yes. all, they're trotting down a railway, a, a track. Yeah. And then they zoom out yep. to reveal that they are. The size of mice. Yeah, pretty they're much. so small. Like, they're not even the height. Like sea monkeys. Yes. They're not even the height the cats would be if they were on all fours. And then they're also standing up, so they're, like, very skinny and long. Yeah. But then I think what ha- I think that was the problem is they're, they're humans standing up, and so then they tried to make them cat size, but... The proportions are wrong. The proportions are just not there. So they would have been so tiny. So, and then there's like moments where like um, Rebel Wilson and her cockroaches and her mice. Yeah. And it's like, how small are those mice? Yeah. If she's that size, the mice. And cockroaches and mice aren't the same size. No. But they are. And so I feel like there's just this whole movie is just exercises in being taken out of the action. Yes. And then on top of that, we were talking about this as well. I'm not an I'm not an Andrew Lloyd Webber gal. No. I don't I'm not here for his I was saying there's two types of theater people yeah. and it's people that enjoy an Andrew Lloyd Webber show yep. where it's everything against the wall and it's outrageous 80s synthy. Yep. Or you're like a Sondheim person and you like a bit of intimacy and cleverness and maybe a smaller type of show. And And obviously me. you're <laughs> A Sondheim gal. Sondheim gal. And additionally, uh, repetitive lyrics out the wazoo. What? There are so many songs. Shim- skim- skimble Shanks. How dare you call me Skimble Shanks? Skimble Shanks <laughs> is not one of them. That one, there is a lot of variety. See, this is the problem, is that I was trying to find anything to hold on to in the Skimble Shanks But Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. That one that is That song is only forever. six words. And then, like, <laughs> I just can't. There's so, so many. So I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Tom Hooper <laughs> and Andrew and Weber. Working and together. Elba for some reason. <laughs> Don't just, be mad at him. He needs a paycheck. You're right. And you know what? He did a pretty good job, I will say. For what he, he had, given. yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen was the standout for me, as I was saying. Yeah. And I, honestly, like, it's not like Tom didn't try some things like no he tried he added in a plot where the film or like where the musical actually has zero plot yes he true. added in a through line where it was like oh McCavity is stealing mm-hmm. is like trying to get rid of these people so he'll win uh he'll become the jellicle cat and ascend to the heavy side lair yeah so at least you know uh at least he has something to go through yeah and there's like some conflict whereas in the the musical there's none of that <laughs> you're no, just like i don't know no what's plot. happening there's no plot um the part at the end where Dame Judy, Dame Judy Dench does her direct address, oh, very disquieting. <laughs> um, in my in my theater, we started standing every oh. time because <laughs> she would do her, like, yeah. she would do a stanza and then be and like, then like, and oh, that's that the thing like about cats. Yeah. And then we'd all start standing up, and then she'd be like, but another thing about cats. <laughs> and then we'd all like, oh, and we had to sit long. down, and she just keeps going. Oh, cats aren't dogs. I don't know if you knew that, Sean. 
But I did actually go home after watching it and talk to my cat a little differently. <laughs> you're like, you're watching. Um, uh, and actually, Ali King is of the opinion that uh, Old Deuteronomy chose the wrong Jellicle cat. <gasps> She's like, Mr. Mistopheles performed That's an true. act of magic and saved her life. <laughs> he saved her life. And yet did. you give it to snotty-nosed Jennifer Hudson? But he wanted Hudson? to stay because he was in love with Victoria. Right, of course, of course. Um, also, I can't get over how it's like, so going to the head side layer just means you die. <laughs> like, she just, it's like, so she <laughs> just gets like, engulfed by the sun. She's like, drink this balloon. Kool-Aid and go to the heavy side layer. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. Um, I also this week... Uh, decided to watch an episode of a new Netflix show called The Goop Lab. Was it a Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. Wow. Sean, I... Are you, were you gooped? Uh, I was gooped. Gooped and gagged? I was gooped that people are out here asking for this, I think. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made it. Is it too bougie, too bougie lifestyle? It is too bougie, but then trying to make it seem like relatable. normal life. Yeah. And Gwyneth is just trying so hard to be relatable. And I will say, it makes you want to be her friend a little bit. And that oh, makes absolutely. me angry. But it is so anti-science. There's literally a thing at the beginning that's like, this is not medical not. <laughs> advice. Do not do any of these things without consulting your doctor, because I assume they have to. And she's but like, like, I put this crystal in my <laughs> vagina. Exactly. The one I watched, they're, they get a phlebotomist to find out a blood, <laughs> a blood science. I know, I know, but I was shocked at you. Phlebotomist. <laughs> her having one. Be, to find out their biological age. From which her is blood? Not a thing. It's simply not. There's but, this great article online that's like a doctor reviewing all the things. But what's your biological age literally alleged, by your... <laughs> yeah, by your blood. Just like the age of your body. Right. As opposed to your chronological age. Oh, oh my mistake, Miss Goop. <laughs> well, exactly. And so, I don't know. I just wanted to see what it was like, but it really infuriated me on a deep, deep level. Dang. Um, But it, it might be good for a lull. But it might also, I don't know. It might make me not lull. Yeah, I think it's pretty depressing in a world where you're like, there are people who don't have any food. Yeah, and she's like, like I have... you're hawking her nonsense wares. I have a pizza oven made of <laughs> made of a jewel. Um, yeah. I also have one oh, more yeah, that me. I watched. So I finished watching The Mandalorian the whole <gasps> oh, season. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I'm still not done. Um, what, an episode I was really taken with was episode six called The Prisoner, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Rick Famuyiwa. And... He is a Nigerian director, and it was a really incredible episode. And it's just one of the ones, like, there's a few that are, like, interchangeable. Like, I'm around the galaxy doing a little odd jobs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, it has, like, a great scene. He just joins up with these mercenaries trying to steal some money. One of them being Bill Burr, also. Yeah. And the other one being uh, Tonks from Harry Potter, but yeah. in a crazy prosthetic. She's scary. Um, she's a Twi'lek. Anyway, so they, like, they are basically being stalked around, a um, an airship, and he conquers them, because he's, like, a fighting genius. But it's a really incredible episode, and very scary, but fun. So do you like, did you like it? I liked it a lot. And How do you feel about cameos that? up the wazoo, there's three X-Wing fighters at the end, and all of them are directors of episodes. How uh, do you feel about Baby Yoda? Love him. Yeah. In correct. love. Correct. Okay. Okay. That is all the time we have for this week. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my lovely co-host, Sean, everyone here at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6, rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcast. My electric is up next. Have a great week. And remember, always look on the bright side of life. Aw, bye. Bye.